This is the FSF Podcast Crossover Connection bonus episode. Hi guys and welcome to another special edition Crossover Connection bonus episode of the FSF Podcast. I'm excited to welcome today's guest because this is a show that I personally love. We've had uh, Sam and Anna from Growing Up Skywalker on our show several times. Sam actually participates in our monthly Star Wars RPG playing the character Udex. And we've just had a lot of fun with these guys, but we love their show. And as we've said before, each and every Wednesday, when we introduce a crossover connection, we either want it to be A, a show that we work with, or B, a show that we really enjoy and that we think that you'll enjoy as well. And so Growing Up Skywalker definitely hits the mark. Please listen to this entire episode and make sure that you follow Growing Up Skywalker when it's all said and done. Enjoy the episode. For those who know every line, And for those finding Star Wars for the very first time, welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. Welcome back, King Katunko heads, to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Anna. We are back like the Bad Batch, which is what we are <laughs> starting on. Thank you so much. Hope you had a wonderful holidays. And uh, we are moved into our new recording space, and we're super excited for it. And our new house. All right, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's kind of like a secondary deal to the new recording space. But we are s- back. You could just call us the Back Batch. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> So, this one, let's get into it. What are we covering today, Sam? We are covering Season 1, Episode 1 of the hot new series, The Bad Batch. It's called Aftermath, and it is the pilot of The Clone Wars Season 8. Yeah. (laughs) It starts off, and it shows The Clone Wars in the red that we're used to, but then that burns away into Just in case you had any confusion about what era we're in, The Clone Wars logo Burst into flames. (laughs) So what we're watching in the intro is scenes from Revenge of the Sith. We're watching Obi-Wan and Anakin rescue the Chancellor. Yeah, we pick up during Grievous's final assault on the galaxy Mm -hmm. on the planet of Collar, which we've never been to before. But it is the events of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, so Grievous is moving to Utapau. He's running away, but we're on Collar. It is a snow planet, which is lovely. And it looks are... like our house, honestly. <laughs> it does. It's been cold here for a while. And Jedi Master Deepa Balaba and her Padawan, Caleb, who we've seen a bunch of, but they've never spoken, are fighting and getting their butts whooped by a bunch of Separatist droids when Caleb shows up and says... I brought some reinforcements. Where are they? Great. How many are there? And he's like, five. (laughs) But you gotta see these clones. Enter the Bad Batch. They enter behind a rock slide slash avalanche, which also includes Wrecker. They send a huge boulder down that kills a whole bunch of them. Tech and Hunter are knifing their way through everything. Echo's punching them with his scomp port. Wrecker is running towards the tanks. And as he does, Crosshair shoots out grappling hooks to tie all the tanks together. And then Wrecker, who doesn't know his own strength, proceeds to push the tanks off the cliff. It takes them about two minutes to just wreck everything. 
Then they get back to Deepa Balaba and they're like, if you guys are done cowering, the smart thing to do would be to launch a counterattack. And Commander Gray is like, listen here, you weirdo. And Deepa is like, no, he's right. Go ahead and launch a counterattack. So all the clones run off, start a counterattack. Caleb joins the Bad Batch, runs down the hill. They start going along when Order 66 comes over the phone. And Deepa Balaba goes down from blaster fire. She tells Caleb to run and Caleb starts running. The Bad Batch is not understanding Order 66. Yeah, the Bad Batch does not seem to know what Order 66 is. They're like, I have no idea what this is all about. And Echo's like, it's probably a psyops. And Wrecker's like, I don't know what numbers are. (laughs) (laughs) So Hunter and Crosshair are go down this hill following Caleb. Wrecker is going to try to figure out what's going on. Echo is hacking, or Tech is hacking comms. Uh, Hunter and Crosshair follow Caleb. Crosshair is saying the words, good soldiers follow orders. And as soon as they see Caleb, he starts shooting at him. Caleb, having seen his master just die, is ready to run. He beats up Crosshair. Hunter has thrown his knife and his gun down and is like, I'm ready. Like, I just want to talk. Caleb jumps over a massive gorge. And right as he disappears into the mist, Crosshair comes by and says, what happened? And Hunter says, I stunned him as he was jumping. He fell down. He didn't make it. Crosshair definitely doesn't buy it, though. So Mm -hmm. it gives us this really uneasy vibe. And then when the Bad Batch lands back home on Kamino, they find all the clones acting very strange. And there's this weird vibe going on. There's a huge assembly that they're all part of. And so they they all square up and they see the speech. The attack by the Jedi has left me scarred and deformed. My resolve is stronger than ever. Palpatine's speech that mm-hmm. the Republic will be reformed into the first galactic empire. Yeah. All the clones are cheering and Tech is like, you sure you don't think the regs are programmed? Because they're starting to think that there is something going on with the regular clones mm-hmm. that has caused them to all switch after Order 66. There is also the introduction of a new character, Omega. A little girl with a powerful Australian accent. Very powerful. And she is apparently Nalase's medical assistant, and she's helping out. But she ends up meeting with the clones, or with Bad Batch. In the mess hall, where she throws down. So she starts a food fight. The food fight gets really out of hand. Well, she starts the food fight because the clones are being little jerk bags to Mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. And there's a great scene where she's standing on top of, because these are, these are the prototypical, these are your cafeteria tables from your childhood. (laughs) And so she being three feet tall is standing on top of one of the benches. She's got this look of fierce determination. Like I just threw a burrito and hit someone's (laughs) face. I'm ready to throw all the burritos. Wrecker is standing behind her towering over her because there's nothing. He doesn't tower over her with the exact same look on his face. And he throws a tray of food and he's just like, oops. (laughs) Because when Wrecker throws a tray of food, it kills four people. That's like how he rolls. But so good news, bad news. Mm -hmm. Good news is that this was completely delightful. I am still smiling as I think about it. 
Bad news is that the food fight kind of gets the Bad Batch hauled into a battle simulation overseen by Admiral Tarkin, who has come to decide whether or not the clone army can still serve the Empire. So Tarkin has this really strong uh, logistical streak that comes forward where he's like, hey, clones are expensive. And the prime minister is like, we have a contract. Tarkin says, your contract was with the Republic. The Galactic Empire is here now. Oh, legalese. The other important bit is Tarkin was overseeing the food fight. And the last thing Echo sees before he gets brained on the face is uh, with a tray. Apparently his trays are dangerous. (laughs) Is uh, Is Tarkin. Recall... That's also one of the last things Echo saw before he got a full roboectomy and got replaced with mostly robot parts. In the Citadel arc, yeah. Mm -hmm. Back in season three of the Clone Wars. So more good news. The Bad Batch smashes the test. Bad news. Then Tarkin has the Kamino and switch to live rounds. Yes. Very dangerous. But good news. We get special Bad Batch hand signals. (laughs) <laughs> Rucker's like, I hate hand signals. And Tech's like, if you memorize them, you'd be fine. It's a great fight scene. It's fantastic. They smash, they super smash the second test. Mm-hmm. And then bad news. It seems like Tarkin might be more interested in just weeding out the Bad Batch than anything because he sends them to Onderon for a special assignment. So it seems like what he's doing is he's thinking, okay, they're very expensive. Maybe I can use this extra special force for special forces. But let's check their ideological integrity. So they are sent to Onderon to weed out separatist forces. They're scoping ahead. They're ready to cramp some droids. But their infrared scanner shows about 25 civilians and children when, uh, when they're about ready to attack. And Crosshair's like, come on, shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. They realize they've been surrounded by the Onderon partisans led by none other than Saw Gerrera. It's Saw Gerrera and the crew, and they're going to free the galaxy from palps. So there's a big speech back and forth. The Bad Batch has been disarmed, but as they're leaving, Saw Gerrera gives Hunter back his pistol and says, we're fighting autocracy. You know, we're we're not going to let an emperor get in the way. We're here for the Republic. We're here for freedom. And then they skitter off. As the Bad Batch is escaping back to their ship, Hunter and Crosshair are in an argument. Hunter pulls out his gun, shoots right past Crosshair's head to hit a probe droid that was watching the whole thing. And this whole chapter on Onderon was kind of a turning point for the Bad Batch to start distrusting Tarkin, except for Crosshair, mm-hmm. who seems to be suffering at least some of the effects of the inhibitor chips. So right before they left, Omega said, don't come back. Tarkin has it out for you. But as they're boarding the ship, Tech is like, yeah, well, remember how Nalase said that there are five abnormal clones and they are all looking at each other and like, yeah, there's five of us. And they're like, no. And Tech's like, no, Echo's are regular. Echoes a reg with his body part. Like, he's just more machine than man. That's he's just got a power phrase. drill for one hand. It's, it's Omega, who's the cl- who's the abnormal clone. And they're like, but she's a girl. And Tech's like, you guys are so dumb. I don't make the rules. <laughs> he's like, I thought it was obvious. So Hunter decides they're going to go back to Camino and they're going to rescue Omega. But 
when they get back. It's a trap. There has been a vibe shift. (laughs) And Tarkin orders a bunch of clones to throw the Bad Batch in the brig for treason. For, quote-unquote, conspiring with Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. So in the brig, sure enough, Omega is already there. And there's a very funny scene where they escape because Tech's like, wait a minute, this isn't a prison. Hang on. No one's ready to deal with Wrecker punching through a wall. So they all stand up and, like, it's it's like something out of Hogan's Heroes <laughs> or, like, a World War II escape from prison yes. break movie. Because they're all, like, standing there, like, whistling nonchalantly. And then as soon as something drops, Wrecker just punches the wall and puts a hole in it. He just crumples the metal plate that forms the wall. And Tech is like, I told you, no one built rooms for Wrecker. And the and Wrecker's like, oh, I can't fit through there. And Omega's like, I got it. So she climbs up. There, the guards come in and they're like, "Where's Omega?" Omega drops from the ceiling, crushes one of them, opens the door. There's a very funny fight as they beat up these guards and then they run out. They run to where their gear is in the hangar. Yes, because right before this, crosshair had been taken away. They stuck him in an MRI tube and they pumped electro juice into his inhibitor chip to make it work better, which it did. Mm -hmm. So as the Bad Batch is loading up their ship to go rescue him and have an escape plan, he appears in the hangar and he is shooting to kill. He is. And it's a very taut scene. The hangar bay is full of, you know, chest high walls and the... Normal Coruscant guard is flinging out smoke grenades. Crosshair has his infrared scope. He can see through the smoke. He's watching everything that's going on. Then Wrecker pulls a very cool move because Hunter's like, clear the smoke. Hunter just, Wrecker just picks up two enormous metal plates, claps them together. All the smoke clears. And then he yeets one of the plates, knocks over all the, the clones. But Crosshair shoots him right in the shoulder. Yeah. And it's looking really very bad for the Bad Batch. Until Omega shoots the gun out of Crosshair's hand Mm -hmm. so they can haul butt into the ship. So they haul butt into the ship (laughs) and they run away and they're trying to figure out where to go. Omega says, don't you have friends to visit? And they're like, look, we don't have like, as you would call them, friends. Listen, all the clones were mean to us our whole lives. (laughs) Like. No yeah. one wanted to sit in the cafeteria to eat lunch with us, Omega, okay? You don't have to rub it in. Because, like, I was cool, but now I can't tan and I am <laughs> missing my right hand. And Wrecker's like, I don't care. And Tech is like, I'm smart enough to know not to bring it up. And Hunter's like, I just, I got a cool face tattoo to try to fit in, but I'm skinny. But Hunter has an idea. Mm-hmm. They take off with Crosshair probably in pursuit mm-hmm. to start their adventure. Roll for initiative. And they go to planet J-19, which uh, we don't know where it is. And that's the pilot episode of The Bad Batch. It was like 90 minutes. It so. was really long. <laughs> I had to watch it in two two sittings. It was truly delightful to start this show off with some A-plus battle droid humor. Forgot how much I missed that. <laughs> As Wrecker's pushing the tanks, one of them's like, hey, you can't do that. And he's just like, whatever. <laughs> and then... The- as they're getting knocked out one by one, one of them is like, oh, I guess I'm in charge now. And then bam. <laughs> Fantastic. I think I want to start off with some story stuff. I want right. to talk big picture first. Big picture. What did you think about the shape of this episode? The way that this episode is structured. So 
To go big picture in the Star Wars universe, we also have to go big picture in the Prime universe where we live. So back in the Oddies, after uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, there was a very popular video game series, Republic Commando, which is very fun. And it draws a lot of inspiration forward into Bad Batch, as well as Gregor. From the D-Squad arc. Oh my god, I love Gregor. Remember how sick his armor was? Gregor's the best. Yeah, he's got that really big, heavy Mm -hmm. chest plate. And uh, he's also got a very cool gun that is just comically large that apparently never runs out of blaster ammo. That's the same gun Wrecker has. because. And so that is from that game. They do look like brothers in arms. (laughs) So the story from Republic Commando... And a lot of the stories from the Legends era deal with what happened to the clones after Order 66 and why are are the clones in the future? Do they become stormtroopers? Do they all join the Empire? Are they just cool with that? What happened? One of the major things of that game is a broadly similar arc to what we are seeing here with going back to Kamino and seeing what's going on there. And that is so many times in the Clone Wars era and in the, the Disney era, they've gone back to Legends and pulled things forward. And that is what the Clone War that is what the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch are all about. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about like the shape and structure of this episode because it felt honestly kind of clunky. But I can see that if this storyline was lifted from a different piece of Star Wars canon or legends Mm -hmm. maybe it was borrowing a different template that i just wasn't aware of i can see that particularly because video games have long plots Mm. video games really a lot of video games really fill out the first second and third acts and you have each one has its little sub acts within it and you have like a lot of scene changes that doesn't happen so much in other media as much anymore because a video game can be arbitrarily long Mm -hmm. so what we're left with is This story of we have the fan favorites Bad Batch because after season seven came out, everyone loved them. Oh, my God. I smiled so big for all of the Bad Batch arcs of the Clone Wars. They were some of my favorite ones to watch, some of my favorite ones to talk about. And now we want to deal with two fundamental themes. One of them is are all the clones continuously under the effect of order 66 Mm. and if so like how do they deal with that we've already seen fives and top deal with it differently rex deal with it differently and in fact the droid the medical assistant droid is the same droid az my bae yeah the same one who worked on fives back in the day but he did get his memory wiped so there's a lot of themes related to how the clones are interacting with Order 66 that I think is really interesting for telling the story of clones. And furthermore, by introducing Saw, we're introducing what the rebellion looks like. Because that was one of the last things Saw said is the clone wars are over, but prepare for the civil war. Yeah. Okay, so it's been a long time since we watched a pilot episode. In (laughs) fact, it's been two years. Unless you count Tales of the Jedi, which I kind of... I don't think I count. I don't think that counts. What do you think we gleaned from this first episode of a new series? So we learned that the Bad Batch has a very cool ship. Mm -hmm. They have now five members 
They have Echo, Omega, Hunter, Tech, and Wrecker in their cool ship. Yeah, we lost Crosshair. And they have a nemesis. Not only do they have a nemesis, they have Tarkin, who's trying to get after them, who has superpowered a former member of their crew to come after them as a nemesis. It's a very classic trope. Yeah, it's also very personal. Yes. Because who knows them better than one of their own? Yeah. Crosshair probably knows the hand signals. Oh. Looking at you, Wrecker. (laughs) Crosshair memorized the hand signals and probably came up with some new ones. Probably. My first impression is actually that it was so beautiful to be back on familiar ground. Mm -hmm. We see Kamino. We see Onderon. The medical facilities, the battle simulation chamber, even the fetus room on Kamino are very clear memories for me from the Clone Wars. We got that whole animation of the Palpatine speech. Mm-hmm. We even got the good soldiers follow orders theme, which was a huge part of the later seasons of the Clone Wars. Yeah, it makes me super grateful because the last time, so when this came out, I watched it, but I'm like, oh, I need to remember exactly what was happening. So I'm going to watch season seven of The Clone Wars, and then I'm going to watch Revenge of the Sith, and then I'm going to watch episode one of Bad Batch. And that was three Order 66s within four hours, and that was too much. It was too much. It was awful seeing it from yet another perspective because we saw it in Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. We saw it in Revenge of the Sith. We yeah, saw it in the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've ever seen a master and a Padawan face it together and be split by it. Oh, gosh. It's such a, a tragedy. One of the interesting things about that is also that the story is an echo of the story of Jedi Fallen Order. Which is another video game that takes place where a master and apprentice are separated by Order 66. And the apprentice has to go run off and do shenanigans. So watching this from the point of view of a Padawan is so scary. But Caleb kicks butt. Caleb seems great. Yeah, he's he's really fun. And it's it's such a joy for me to actually like put a name to him and have his voice and have his action because I've been calling him out every time we see him in season seven and Tales of the Jedi. This character is specific to a different uh, show and was brought back to these. Oh, that's very fun. Mm-hmm. I noticed that it was really, really nice to be on familiar ground from the Clone Wars. But there's such an uneasiness about this episode because it's kind of like we have the same characters, the same setting, Mm -hmm. but the galaxy has changed around them. They're the same. The galaxy is changing. Yeah. That's shown no more clearly than in the final fight in the docking bay because Crosshair comes out and he is not wearing his Bad Batch armor. He is wearing different armor that is like a deep dark midnight blue and so he's not part of the bad batch so much anymore and it's the same armor that he has because all the bad batch have their very specific armor but it's uh just got a fresh paint job yeah it's got the different color because the bad batch has their red on black skull and crossbones yeah and that is not what is going on watching crosshair turn bad is a little bit 
Like if it had been a different one, it would have been a different story. Really? Because it was very tough for me. I really liked Crosshair in the Clone Wars. Really? I felt a really deep connection to him. Say more. I always liked that he was the one who was kind of up in the rafters. He always had to be apart from the rest of the crew Mm -hmm. because he's the sharpshooter. Yeah. He always had to be... In bird's eye view instead of down on the ground. So he always seemed a little bit set apart. Mm -hmm. And he had that really kind of abrasive personality. Yeah. And I just, I guess I like a lone wolf. Hmm. I really identified with Crosshair. So it was very difficult because I knew Hunter is the leader. He's not going to change sides. Yeah. Wrecker doesn't seem to have a lot of political nuance to him. He's not going to change sides. (laughs) I would be devastated if it was tech. Because I love tech. But Crosshair was one of the more emotional choices for me. Tech would have been, I think, a scarier opponent. Yeah. Because he would have, he's so much smarter than all of them. He's, like, canonically the smartest person we've seen so far in the Star Wars universe. He's, yeah, but Crosshair, you never know when he's got his sights set on you. That's true. He could be anywhere. And he's kind of a combat monster as we saw in the final episode of the bad batch arc in the clone wars when he sets up all those mirrors and proceeds to shoot like 70 droids with one shot oh my god i forgot about that that was incredible so crosshair is a good choice but also due to the way he has always been an antagonist within the bad batch Mm -hmm. it kind of seems a little tropey to me Mm. but he's a good antagonist because all the reasons we enumerated which is he's a well-rounded member of the Bad Batch in comparison. On a purely emotional level, it hit really hard and pure for me. I thought Mm -hmm. it was awesome. And then on the flip side, uh, there's the Fifth Ranger, Echo, who... Oh, yeah, we keep forgetting to talk about Echo. We keep forgetting to talk about Echo. And it it actually, that cheeses me about the first half of the Bad Batch season one is you never have anything that Echo is doing. Like, so in the... I wrote down in my notes, does Echo have a purpose? Does he have a superpower? Because ah, this is this is a criticism, and I don't like to bring up criticisms in this show, but it just got in my face again. In the scene where they are being, uh, they're in the combat simulator, what happens is first there's a bunch of like normal droids and Wrecker's like, oh, this is taking too long. And he grabs like two of them and starts using them. They beat up other ones like, come on, give me more. And then they bring up terrifying death robots oh and the training blasters don't work on them so their first plan is wrecker they they set up like a a blue 43 hut hut hike (laughs) they they zoom every which way wrecker tackles one arm wrestles one and then echo just holds it down while tech hacks it Echo has a robo port for a right hand. In the promo content mm-hmm. for the Bad Batch season one, they called Echo the hacker. So yeah. I was like, why is Echo not the one hacking the super death droid? He should be like, shoves his fist into its chest and like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark gets heart out and now it's now it's his robot. He's more machine than man. This should be child's play for him. Yeah. So, so that was a missed opportunity. It was and then we keep having echo not be a huge part of things he's kind of like an assistant to everyone here's what i think is actually i'm going to flip this on its head here's what i think is nice about that 
I think echo also feels very lost and purposeless. Yes. And so maybe, and I'm not, you know, going to say, I'm not trying to cover up a possible blemish Mm -hmm. in the Bad Batch, but maybe this is an interesting way to look at how echo might not have discovered his purpose yet either. Yeah, that's true. And imagine how he's feeling because they're sitting around and they, oh gosh, the way they tell the story of this, of how the clones are dealing with Order 66, I think is really good. Tech figures it all out instantaneously. In fact, as they're sitting there talking to Caleb, surveying the wreckage of what Wrecker caused, Tech is like, I figure that the clone that this war is going to be done in about 15 minutes. And everyone's like, what? He's like, yeah, uh, Kenobi has engaged Grievous on Utapal. The war will be over in 15 minutes. Hmm. And... No one believes him. He is, in fact, correct. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but later on, when they're in their barracks alone, Tech says, yes, but we don't receive Order 66 because we have abnormalities, but they may still be there. And he's already, like, setting the seeds in place, telling us, the audience, but also probably as, like, unsubtly as he can – He's like, at least one of us is still feeling the effects of Order 66, and it's probably Crosshair. But he doesn't come out and say that because he is the way a smart person is and that he doesn't realize that everyone around him isn't smart. Or he's learned a little bit of tact and he's like, oh, people don't always love it when I come out saying the thing that they need 10 more minutes to get to. Well, I imagine it's a combination of both, especially because he is literally a clone brother to all of these and he's like being the smartest clone brother is pretty it's a flex it's a flex and it's also embarrassing when you're not so he calls out specifically that echo is a rag that later becomes important when they go to rescue omega who is also an abnormal clone a genetically special clone so that subtlety and and hitting these notes separately and then having them all matter is really good mm-hmm which is all spoilers, you know, but watch the episode before you listen to us. Come on. (laughs) I want to move our discussion to a different topic. Other than Bad Batch. All right. Well, (laughs) I call this one Vibes. Vibes. So I had a lot of, I had so many notes that just said like, and then there was a vibe shift Mm -hmm. and like, and then there was a weird vibe Mm -hmm. that I kind of just wanted to talk about some of the vibes that I got from this episode. Tell us about your vibes. Well, the vibes are not good. (laughs) There was this really pervasive feeling of claustrophobia for me and also this really deep outcast vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I am fascinated that when the Bad Batch finally gets back to Camino, they still want to hang out together. They do. And there's some there's some funniness there. Tech is always calling that out. Hunter is keeping it quiet and Wrecker is ignoring it because they get back to their barracks and it Which smells terrible. Apparently. apparently they're just completely shiz housed and they smell bad and there's junk everywhere. Well, they ask, how long has it been? And Tech does the calculations. And he's like, it's been like 200 days since we were home. It's been six, seven months since we were home. So if anyone left a banana peel in the trash can, it is now decomposed garbage. And we can tell that Crosshair hates it. Tech deals with it. Hunter doesn't mind. 
And Wrecker goes over and takes his knife out and carves another successful mission on the wall, on their huge check marks of walls. 11 more successful missions. And he just does not care. And I think that that's really funny, but that claustrophobia is very much in that room and in other rooms. Because everywhere they are, either they're in a ship or they're in the barracks, they're always in these really small enclosed spaces together, getting in each other's biz. And when they do have space, they have no problems because they have crosshair. So in the intro scene, when they're fighting across a forest, they don't have any problems because crosshair is hundreds of meters away, just like solving problems as they're running around in a smoke field. But later on in their fights, in the barracks, in the cafeteria, well, in the cafeteria, they kind of won because the cafeteria is big. But once you put them in the training room and then later on in the hangar bay it is very small and they're in real trouble but it's actually i i think it is cool to see that they choose to always be up in each other's biz and they choose to go everywhere together yeah there's that moment in the brig when they're leading crosshair away to go amp up his inhibitor chip and Mm -hmm. hunter's like no we stay together yeah yeah and there was never any question of that and that is also the vibe that they give to omega because she keeps being like, hello, I wish to join you for lunch. Hello, I'm and they're your like, friend now. No one has ever wanted to be our friend before. What? <laughs> Friends? Also, you're like, what are these? You're so small. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking maybe it's because they are shunned by everyone all the time mm-hmm. that they stick together so that they have someone on their side, you know? Yeah. Like, to... The regular clones who come and harangue them in the mess, little jerks, call them the defect squad and the sad batch. Yeah. Like, I would also throw hands. <laughs> but I was just thinking, you know, no wonder they always stay out on their missions for a whole year at a time. It looks like Camino really sucks for them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Camino kind of sucks in general. Like, it's, it's very feel, austere. I feel like... Heavy was always excited to be back on Camino. Yeah, that was that is an interesting change. Looking back on the which arc was it? that was the invasion of Camino arc when uh, Assage was trying to steal all their DNA. It was the seventh Clone Wars arc we did, so it was wow, way early way days. Back. And they are really excited to come back and and defend what they think of as their home world. But it seems like it's not the home world for the Bad Batch. I was just curious. Do you think Clone 99 was nice to them when he was alive? I'd imagine so, because they named themselves after him. Yeah. That moment in the very beginning of this episode when Caleb was like, don't worry, I brought five clones. And then someone's like, I don't believe it. It's Clone Force 99. And then their theme song kicks in. It's very percussive. Very Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Anyway, I was just like, oh, do you think do you think 99 was the only one who's ever nice to them? Because I love him. Yeah. Was I can't believe I never thought to ask this. Was 99 also a deliberately enhanced clone? I don't think so. You think he was just an actual Yeah, I think he was a teething problem. He was a discard from the the start. Because he didn't have we talked about this at length when we were talking about 99. It's funny to bring him up, like Literally years after he died, but <laughs> ninety nine is a vibe for me. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Although when Tarkin is asking Nala say and the Prime Minister, she says there's only five abnormal clones left. 
Mm. And she might have at one point or another had more. Maybe they enhanced his compassion or making people fall in love with him or, or activating my tear ducts. <laughs> Maybe that's what they enhanced in him. Or they needed someone on the inside. They needed like an older brother figure, mm. which the clones can't give to each other. Right. Because mm. even like, you know, what's the relationship between Hunter and Rex and Cody? Right. Like it's just purely hierarchical. It's in genetic. The yeah. yeah. They're like, we're all the same. We all have killed roughly the same number of clones or of, uh, of clones and also of <laughs> separatists. And so what is the difference between us other than our mission? But 99 is the one who helps them find their names and like takes the ones who are problematic and, and moves them forward in this like epigenetic sense that oh, is not just genetic. He's the heart. Okay, those were the vibes. Okay. I want to talk about characters. There are many. So let's talk about them. There are many. There's a few introductions. The introductions are Omega. We get to see Nala Say again. Mm-hmm. The Prime Minister, who I feel like we haven't met yet. Uh, we saw him a couple times in the Clone Wars, okay. but Nala Say was always the featured Kaminoan. Oh, and that brings up an important bit that we missed, speaking of Nala Say. Yeah. Do you want to start with Nala Say? Because what a fascinating turn of events for Nala Say. Sure is. So the Prime Minister is asked to, by Tarkin, go to live fire during the exercise. And he's like... Admiral Tarkin, I must protest. Clones are expensive. <laughs> and Tarkin says, I'll pay you whatever. I want to see them. Gross. And Prime Minister's okay with that. Nala Say keeps trying to pull Omega away from the Bad Batch, from out of trouble. She treats her as her medical assistant. But in the end, Crosshair says, shut down the hangar so they can't leave. Nala Say jams the door open. Uh-huh. And then the Prime Minister says... So what's going on? How's it going? Where, like, I heard there was a shootout in the hangar. And I'll say, like, yeah, you know, problems. Uh, it turns out the Bad Batch escaped somehow, magically. Who knows? Hand wavy, wibbly wobbly. Weird. I wonder so, what's happened. So weird. In the Clone Wars, Nala Say was a really morally, if not ambiguous, then straight up antagonistic baddie. Yeah, because she is the one who kept the knowledge of the inhibitor chip away from the Jedi. Mm-hmm. She's the one who held down Tup when Tup's chip was malfunctioning. She's the one who was trying to order his death to cover up the inhibitor chips. So I had Nala Say pegged as an antagonist. And her role got so much more interesting and complicated when she overrode the commands and let the Bad Batch escape. Mm -hmm. Because I think maybe she's really attached to this scientific breakthrough that is genetically enhanced clones. I'm sure she is. On top of that, from sort of a character study point of view, this came out after The Mandalorian, which is one of the big shifts in people's understanding of Star Wars because we've gone from everything being about Force users, about Jedi, into what's the Star Wars universe like? Mm. And now we have that, and now there's room for nuance. 
because it's not just light and dark side anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's not just force users and non-force users. Yeah. Or just, yeah, it's, it's not, not just force users. It's not just good and evil anymore. It's uh, how do you make your way in a galaxy that is hostile? Ooh. Yeah, I really appreciated. And, you know, there's an argument to be made. Maybe Nala say is just a capitalist and wanted to ensure the continuation of property. But maybe she really wanted her experimental clones to live on. Well, she did lie to the prime minister. If she didn't lie to him, she omitted some very pertinent truths, which, you know, is kind of the same. She was economical with the truth. She was economical with the truth. Yeah, Nalase was great. I also want to talk about Omega. Omega. That was very good. I cannot do an Australian accent to save my life. But yeah, I'm not really one for kiddos, but Omega seems like a very beautiful character. She also recognizes she doesn't fit in because she knows she's a clone like the rest of them. But she's very different, not only for being the only girl clone, but for being small. Yeah. So first female clone we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is something that I asked about way back it in the beginning is, of Clone Wars. I was like, are there male clones and female clones? And I was like, spoilers. So this is it. Yes, there is Omega. She's a female clone. So is her genetic background from Jango Fett or does she come from somewhere else? I believe she's a clone of Jango Fett. So the thing about cloning is it's space magic. But also... <laughs> um. If they're similar to humans, they have an XY chromosome. And if you copy the X chromosome, you got two X chromosomes. They're, they have different things on them, but they're as you split them through mitosis. Fascinating. Yeah. You can't make a, a Y from an X, though, unless you just trim off the useful bits. Yeah. Things get weird with Y chromosomes. Also, like um, having two X chromosomes doesn't guarantee that your external or internal gender are... Female? Yeah, there is a spectacular array of things that can happen in the human body when you mess around with chromosomes. And uh, obviously the Kaminoans are, and also space magic. Also space magic. So very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very, very delighted to see a little bit of female representation. I also just liked that she feels very self-possessed in a way that feels really unusual for a 10-year-old. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about. Maybe it's being related to everyone she knows and being like a clone but separate from them and knows what physicality and skills are part of her birthright. Ooh. Because at the end, she shoots Crosshair's cool sniper rifle out of his hands and so badass. Later on, they're like, "Where'd you learn to shoot?" And she's like, "I've never held a blaster before. I have no idea." But yeah, genetic birthright is kind of an interesting thing to think about. She's like, "I grew up seeing everybody around me was good at this, and so I just thought maybe I'm good at this too." Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I like how curious she is. Mm-hmm. I really like the way that she moves. Hmm. I like the way the animators rigged her. There's this adorable moment in the brig when they're all kind of slouching around Mm -hmm. and they've taken crosshair and they're waiting for him to come back and she looks up at hunter with this big smile and he frowns at her so she frowns back and looks back down and then she peeks back up to see if he's still frowning it's like oh my god be still my heart 
Yeah, it's funny that she's thrown her lot in with the Bad Batch because they don't fit in and she doesn't feel like she fits in. But they are so traumatized by being bullied. Because importantly, if Omega's 10 years old, she's actually like, if she's aging normally, she's the oldest of them. No. Because the Clone Wars only went on for three years. Oh, my God. So, like, she might be older than all of them. Well, but they spend seven years growing to maturity. Yeah, they do. So, if the Clone Wars was three years, they're all the same age. Which is very funny. Which is delightful. Another interesting note, and this is a Sam theory, an S theory, so take that as you will. Not canon. Uh, Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. Uh Uh-huh. And so maybe she's the last clone. Ooh. Speaking back to... The battle where uh, 99 died way back in, gosh, that's like season one or two, isn't Uh it? Way back then, they were talking about how, oh, the genetic code isn't going as far as it used to. They've like used up too much DNA, which isn't how DNA works. But they were running out. And maybe that is, in fact, what happened in Omega is the last one. Oh, there is that room full of baby clone embryos. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is a very disturbing thought, but we will table that for later. I was just interested in that little interaction that Omega has with Crosshair in the brig Mm -hmm. because she looks up at him and she says, I know what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. And I know you can't help it, Mm -hmm. but I wish you wouldn't. I think she's talking – I'm 90% sure she's talking about Order 66, and she knows that he is feeling that right now. I think she's talking about the inhibitor chip and how he is not responsible for his actions. Mm -hmm. But I was also thinking Omega's enhanced. We don't know how. Mm -hmm. Is her superpower precognition? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be wild. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Sam is looking very restrained at the moment. So perhaps we will change the conversation. <laughs> Let's talk about Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera slightly aged up. Uh, I love Saw Gerrera as a character because we watch him in kind of a very weird order. He's first introduced in Rebels and then... Oh, you mean in in real-time chronology? Yeah, and then oh. we see him in Rogue One and then we see him in Clone Wars and now we see him in Bad Batch. And oh, each fascinating. Time, each time he's like years apart. And so uh-huh. this is the stage two Sagara where he's a little bit more scarred, a little bit angrier. His hair's grown out a little bit from when Stila Guerrera died. Yeah, that was the one icky thing that I didn't like at all. In Mm -hmm. this episode. And I don't want to make a whole big deal out of it. But Saw Gerrera's hair changed so dramatically from the Clone Wars. And I don't think it was in a good way. Okay. Well, because in the Clone Wars, he has this short, coily, kind of Mm cornrowed hair. He is a black character. Yeah. When we see him in the Bad Batch, he's got Justin Bieber hair. Or it's like a... It's like a shorn fro kind of thing. That's what I was seeing it as. Maybe it's really smooth and anglicized looking to me. Hmm. I don't want to say it's whitewashing, but it kind of felt like whitewashing. It's interesting that you bring up that word because that is one of the main criticisms of the Bad Batch. Is it? Yes. That once we have these main characters, they have had their skin tones lightened from Tamara Morrison's. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. 
Yeah. And that is something which, in fact, is addressed for season two, which came out like two days ago. But yeah, they they changed it a little bit. And it's it's something that was brought up because like Echo, for example, is ghostly pale. Pallid, paler than me, yeah, which is pale. He's he's a ghost, but Wrecker and Hunter and Crosshair and Tech should all have normal clone skin tone, but they're all a couple shades whiter. And it's not because of like all the clones wear their armor the same amount of time. They wear them to lunch, which is crazy. So it's not that they're getting tan out there. I th- it's that was a criticism that came up when the Bad Batch first launched. And I noticed it in season seven Bad Batch that they were just paler than normal clones. Interesting. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on it. It was it was the one icky thing where I hmm. thought, ooh, I don't like that at all. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I make no judgments about hairstyles in the Star Wars universe. Okay, that's fair. I do. <laughs> so when we see going back to Saw Gerrera, yeah, all right. Can we surmise that his rebellion on Onderon did not work out? So it seems like he is ready to bounce from Onderon. Okay, because when we saw Onderon in season five. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka was with Lux Bonteri and Saw Gerrera yep. and Stila Gerrera, yep. who was the actual great leader of that rebellion. And yeah. they they successfully took over the corrupt monarchy mm-hmm. and were in place to be ruling Onderon. But now Saw is back out in the jungle. And I wonder if that's because either now that the war is over, the Republic has turned into the Empire and... Just one day they rolled out that it's meet the new boss, same as the old boss. And Saw is like, hey, I've gotten a taste for guerrilla warfare and I'm going to keep fighting until we have radical anarchy across the galaxy or if something else happened. Interesting. Okay, so we don't know. Details to come. Details to come. Question marks all around. I really loved that very beautiful moment when he's talking about, you know, that might've been the end of the clone wars, but it's the start of the civil war. And he basically says, if we let Palpatine take over the galaxy, everything we sacrificed, everyone we lost, that sacrifice will have been for nothing. And I was like, he's talking about his sister, Stila. Yes. Yeah. The greatest loss of the clone wars. If you ask me, because she was an a plus general. She really was. She she balanced things super well. And it's it's interesting. I, I recently read R.F. Quang's The Poppy War Trilogy, which I really, really enjoyed. It is dark, but it was good. And it's a retelling of uh, 19th and 20th century Chinese history with like the names and serial numbers and history filed off. And it's a little bit fantasy and magic-y. But revolutions almost always seem to have the best people in them die. And then they're just replaced by survivors. Mm -hmm. And that is what happened on Onderon because Sa is not the best leader that Onderon has had, Uh but he is the one who is alive. Yeah. So that, I mean, I don't want to be callous, but that is a a quality in and of itself is that you survived. It is. It is. And it's, it's just sort of a fact of life and a sad one that oftentimes people are led out of a sense of vengeance, out of a sense of justice, out of what have you by people who are not the best, but that's because the best are dead. And that's just the way things are too. 
Mm. I don't know. It, that, that type of thing makes me confront mortality in an interesting way. Mm. Because it's not something that's particularly happened in my own life. I haven't experienced terribly much close personal loss. But it's it's sad when it's sad when people die. It's sad when heroes die. Yeah. I realized I did just say the greatest loss of the Clone Wars was Steela Guerrera, and I forgot about Plo Koon. So you, like, you forgot about many people. I mean, yeah. That was a gross overstatement. So let's just scratch that from the record. What about Kit Fisto? Oh, my God. Stop. What about Luminara? Yeah. Oh, my babies. Okay. <laughs> Scratch that. What about fives? Oh, no. What about Who heavy? <laughs> there right. were many great losses right. in well, the Well, so th- we are starting anew because this is, for us, the we're, we're, we're calling this phase two of growing up Skywalker uh-huh. because now everything we're going to touch is after Order 66, after the formation of the Galactic Empire, and it is different. Mm-hmm. Every, we, have, we have experienced, in your words, a vibe shift. And everything is going to change. And we are looking at a completely different type of media now. We're in the Civil War era as Sagarera ushered us in. Wild. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about our standout faves from this new era? Our bad watch. Our bad watch? It's time for bad watch. Bad watch. It's time for bad watch. Who is your bad watch? Okay, I have two shout outs. Two shout outs and a bad watch or one shout out and a bad watch? Two shout outs, one bad watch. Okay. Special shout out to AZ. AZ. He, he makes me laugh so hard. He's so earnest and he's always so helpful. And Omega is like, just think of it as a research project. And AZ's like, I love research projects. Are we looking for this? Are we looking for this? Are we looking for this? And Omega's like... Yeah, that's uh, that's how you fool AZ. <laughs> Fantastic. I loved when he comes up to the Bad Batch and he's like, I have terrible news for you. You are all genetically defective clones. I will leave you to process this terrible information. Goodbye. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I mean, this baby can fit so much characterization inside of him. Oh, my God. I wonder how many times AZ has made that joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love him. Also, Hunter is very sexy as always. Mm-hmm. He's the, a sexy one. The Rambo vibes. That's the point. Be still my beating heart. Yeah. Like that that's the point. They made Rambo. Wow, he makes me want a face tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> just like one half of a human skull on the left side of your face. Yes. To... Amazing. Okay, but I actually think for this one, it's gonna be tech for me. Okay. Tech is just giving me joy this episode. This is the first time that we get to see Tech do his, I thought you were all as smart enough to follow along. And I love it. Which is like so nice. It's nice because I'm someone who does that sometimes. I have to like, are you are you following me? And people are like, no. I'm like, yeah, if you're you any of the Bad Batch, you're Tech. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm weedy and I wear glasses. And instead of shooting people, I throw grenades at them. That's how I roll. You throw verbal grenades. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I really liked that moment when Tech is talking to Saw, and he says something to the effect of, but the Jedi made an attempt on Emperor Palpatine's life. He was just defending himself. And Saw says, gee, I figured you for the smart one. Yeah. And you know what Tech does? He just blinks and he shuts up. And I think that's the type of thing where 
tech is internally having a mind expanding moment here because uh-huh. tech is continuously online. He's always got his little iPad in front of him. He's he is a chronically stuff. online boy. And so, but he's also always hacking everyone's communications. He always knows what's going on. And so he's reading all the news all the time and all these reports. And then when Sa is like, Hey, you were sent here to kill separatists. I'm moving civilians. You were told that the Jedi made an attempt on Palpatine's life. Two plus two does not equal five, my friend. Yeah. And Tech is like, I need a moment yeah. to like refigure out what's going See, on. See, and I love that response. I think it's very humble. I think when someone corrects you and you just go, oh, okay, I'm going to need to go do some digging and find out more. Yeah. I think that's a great path forward. Yeah. Especially because Tech is sitting there being like, I can totally download Palpatine's personal logs and figure out what's been going on. Like, I'm that smart. I love that. He probably just has, like, the ticker tape of news at the bottom of his visor. Yeah. I love that. Anyway, tech is the best. Tech is great. Who's your bad batch? Bad, uh, bad watch, bay watch, bad watch. Your your bad bay. It is uh, it is wrecker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. Wrecker wrecker approaches life with a childlike enthusiasm, and it's it's funny. And so there's a moment where as they're flying off, Hunter says, "What happened? Why did those clones just kill General Balaba?" And Tech says, "It's probably their inhibitor chips. We are like super trained from birth to have all these ideas, and us as abnormal clones, ours must be broken." <laughs> just figures out the whole plot of Star Wars, and, <laughs> the whole prequel era, and, and Wrecker's like. I like blowing stuff up because I like blowing stuff up. I'm not programmed. What is so hard to understand about this? This is the fight they're having in the cafeteria. And he's like screaming this in front of all the other clones. And I imagine that every other clone is like, I also like blowing stuff up. (laughs) What is the deal with Wrecker though? But (laughs) Wrecker is great in so many ways, namely that his tactical acumen consists of impressing extreme violence amongst uh, among people he just causes problems and i love that as like a wrecking ball but i also genuinely think he has superpowers he is so dumb and so (laughs) strong he doesn't know how strong he is and that means that there's like no limit of how strong he can be he pushed Three tanks tied together off of a cliff. I I can. It's in the other room. I can pull out the the cross sections book. And we can figure out how heavy those tanks are. He, and despite the fact that they're hovering, which means that they have no friction and they probably are easy enough to move side to side. And also, tech helped by shooting out the stabilizers and yada yada. It's still a lot of mass to be moving. And Wrecker is just like, I'm gonna push this tank, and he just pushes the tank. I don't think he knows that he's not allowed to do that. I think he breaks the rules of reality itself. (laughs) This went in such a different direction than I was expecting. I I think he's so stupid strong that he's he's like Savage Opress, where he like he doesn't have any limits. He like the force is binding the universe together and going through us all, and the force is like, ah yes. Occasionally, Jedi or Sith will will tune into me and use me to subtly alter the course of events. And occasionally, there's a leak. 
<laughs> and someone like Savage Opress or Wrecker will show up and just like siphon up force energy and get jacked and juiced <laughs> and just, just rip things apart. Stupid, check. Strong, <laughs> check. Stupid, strong, check. Well, that's like, if, if you are in tune with the force, the only thing that's stopping you is your own understanding of what is possible. Ooh. And Racker doesn't know what's impossible. And also, as a side shout out, Tech knows that Wrecker doesn't know what's impossible. That's why he's always asking Wrecker to do. It's like, Wrecker, punch this wall. And Wrecker's like, how hard should I punch? Like, a little bit harder. Wrecker's <laughs> bonk. He just, he just doesn't know. I love Wrecker it. Wrecker teaches us that the only thing stopping you is you. Exactly. Be like Wrecker. Think less, punch more. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for your words of wisdom, Wrecker. We love you. <laughs> This has been your first edition of Bad Watch. Bad Watch. Sam, what are we watching next week? So we are, uh, surprise, surprise, continuing the Bad Bats Yay! season one, episodes two and three, Cut and Run and Replacements. Mm-hmm. And so they are much shorter. They are not, not. We are not watching three hours of Bad Batch. We're watching like an hour of Bad Batch. So. It would be fun, but my eyes would be so tired. Yeah. So join us on that, and we'll see you next week. If you want more Skywalker, you can track us down on social media, whichever social medias exist this week. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, sometimes Twitter. Sometimes. And you can follow us on Patreon. Yes, special shout out to our newest patron, David. Thank you so much for joining us in Patreon land. If you would like more Skywalker, you can follow us, join one of our tiers. New this year, no matter what you can give, starting at the lowest level of $3 a month, you can get access to all of our content. Every week we release fresh talkings and watchings and ruminatings and musings, and it is great. And we cuss. And we cuss, which is very fun, which I love personally. <laughs> I have to be really careful to like keep my vocabulary either podcast safe or spice run safe or work safe. I know. We do a lot of code switching in this world. Yeah. Petition to free the vocabulary. I would like to show up the same way in all aspects of my life. It would be great. Yeah. Get one F-bomb outside the podcast per day. That would be so great. <laughs> And send this episode to someone who needs to learn the lesson that you should punch harder and think less. Or someone who has already learned the lesson to think more and act less. May we all aspire to so much. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.